name is Josh Timms, and I get to hang out with our Ports team over in Fort Worth. Hello to you guys specifically. So glad uh, to be in the room with you. Hey, real quick, just gonna start this off. Uh, my friends in the front room, you have a specific job tonight. You guys ready? Okay, you, have, you need to do this for me. I'm a kind of an excitable guy. Last time, because all of my friends in Fort Worth it's getting streamed, I walked so far on this big giant stage, I just disappeared off the side of the screen. So if you see me walking too far, will you just raise your hand? Real high for me, great, thank you. Again, my name is Josh, it's so good to be with you guys tonight. And uh, here's something that I've learned or that I've noticed in life. There's really just two paths in life, okay? And uh, path number one is you go to college, okay? Path number two is you ride bulls for a living. Seems to be the two options everybody has, you know? And so uh, many, just like many of you, I chose the second one, you know? I chose, hey, life is good, I'm gonna ride bulls for a living. And uh, you laugh, the funny part is, is that's actually real. That's real in my life. I am uh, uh, legitimately, that's what I decided to do. I looked at uh, high school and said, I hate school. This is boring, I'm out. I literally bought a minivan, uh, threw my dog, uh, my dog cowboy into it, and off we went, traveling, I'm dead, I'm really serious. Uh, and, and off we went, uh, traveling to the country, uh, riding bulls for a living. And it was fun, we were making it, you know, I'm going from little county fairs to like the little bit bigger arenas. I've been here a few times, out of Houston a few times, and then there came this day or this point in my life uh, where I met a guy whose name is Jerome Robinson, and Jerome Robinson looked at me, and he said, hey, Josh, I want to coach you. Now, that name means nothing to any of you guys, but Jerome Robinson uh, qualified for the NFR, which is like, imagine like world finals of professional rodeo, right? Uh, okay, Jerome Robinson went there 11 times. 11 times, he's been inducted into the Cowboy Hall of Fame. Like, this is the guy, this isn't connected with any of you. If you guys played basketball, uh, it'd be like having uh, Dirk as your coach, okay? That's, that's, that's what we're doing here tonight. So Jerome Robinson looked at me and said, I want to be your coach, and it was awesome because he had done all of the things that I wanted to do. I mean, he had, he had been there, he had done it, and I was like, this is amazing because now I'm, I'm getting coached by one of the greats. And the reason that I start there tonight is because in a similar way, we get to learn from someone who was not one of the greats, but the best, like the greatest of all time. And it's Jesus. And we're going to get to see him. He's gonna show us how we can beat temptation. Jesus is like the undefeated, undisputed champ when it comes to temptation, like he's never lost. Temptation, zero, Jesus, a million, okay? Jesus has never lost, and tonight we're gonna to see him. We're gonna watch as, and learn from him and how we can resist temptation. There is no uh, better coach than Jesus. Now, here's the thing about temptation that I think is just really interesting is that uh, most of the time, we don't know we're being tempted until it's too late. Are you guys tracking with me? I mean, what's crazy about this is that uh, temptation, we can, we can trace all of the greatest regrets in our life, if you, t if you trace them back, to temptation. Like, it's a, it's a really big deal. I, I just wrote down some of the things, uh, some of the thoughts that I know that I have had, and maybe some of you guys have had, that can be traced back to temptation. How about this one? How did I end up looking at porn and masturbating again? I never thought that I would end up with an eating disorder. Or this, how did I wake up next to a complete stranger? Again, 
I always said I would never do drugs. I don't know if you've been there, but here's the crazy part of that temptation. If you, could, if you would look at those moments, if you would remember, if you would see that you someday were going to say that sentence or think that thought, you would have never made the choices that got you there. It's the crazy thing about temptation is that we don't often know that it's happening until it's too late. And so that's why I'm excited tonight to learn from Jesus on how to beat temptation. And so uh, if you're just joining us or if this is, you're listening online, we're in a series called Jesus Walks. And this is where we're just watching uh, Jesus as he interacts with people here on earth. And we're just watching uh, and, and seeing and learning from the stories of him uh, walking here on earth with us. And so um, tonight we're going to see uh, Jesus fights temptation as he interacts with Satan. With the guy who's, it's, it's his goal in life, it's his job description to tempt us, to pull us away from everything that God wants us to do, and to lead us down a path that may look good, but in, in, the, in the end, ends in destruction. We're going to watch the interaction. Here's something that I found ironic, um, is that uh, David's not here tonight, and it's like, hey, Josh is teaching. David, what should he teach on? Well, I don't know, the devil. <laughs> Great, thank you. Now, I'm glad to be here teaching about the devil with you guys tonight. Um, but here's, here's, I just wanted to, like, Paint a little roadmap where we're going tonight. There's three things that we're going to see, three important lessons that we can observe as we watch Jesus face temptation and interact with Satan. It's these things. We're going to learn what is temptation. You can write this down. What is temptation? What fuels temptation? And then what beats temptation? So before we jump in, we're going to be in uh, Matthew 4, in case you're wondering, you can open your Bibles. But before we get there, uh, I want to give you a little bit of context Right before this, in, in Matthew 3, uh, we see Jesus uh, get baptized. So he, he's, it's really the beginning of his ministry, and we see him get baptized, and it's really crazy. The Bible literally says that the sky opened up, and God audibly said, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And so right before Jesus gets, uh, runs into temptation and, and meets Satan, it's like the ultimate spiritual high. He has God himself speak down and say, this is my son in whom I am well pleased. And that gives a little bit of the context of here before we jump in, uh, Matthew chapter four. So Matthew four, verses one through 11. I'll read it uh, with us. It'll be on the screen behind me. It says this, then Jesus was led up by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Just gonna hit pause really quick. Um, it, you, you may read that and, and think that man, is it God that's tempting him or does God tempt us? And I just wanted to say this just to clear it up at the beginning. Satan tempts, God tests. Sometimes God allows us to walk into temptation as a part of the test, but God is never the one who tempts us. And so I just want to clear that up at the beginning if you have that question. So jumping into verse two. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, Command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He will command his angels concerning you. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in their glory. And he said to him, all these I will give you if you will fall down 
and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him and behold, the angels came and were ministering to him. And so my first observation, the question that we are going to address tonight is this, what is temptation? Write this down. This is exactly what it is. I made it as, as easy to remember and write down as, it, as I could. Temptation is the urge to do anything outside of God's will. The urge to do anything outside of God's will. This sounds really simple. This sounds simple like, oh, man, that, that's easy to kind of get my hands around. Like, that means I probably won't fall into temptation because if it's anything outside of God's will, I've got a good handle on that now. Here's the really crazy part is that temptation is really hard to see in the moment. Have you been there? Like, it's hard sometimes to recognize what's happening right now is I'm being tempted. I'm being tempted to do something outside of God's will. Here's how this, here's how this worked for Jesus. The tempter came and said to him, if you were the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. And here's, here's, the, here's the really crazy thing, is that often temptation, it's like a, it's like a lie with a little truth to it, or maybe truth with a little bit of a lie to it. You see, Jesus was, uh, he had the power to change these stones into bread, but really what was happening? What was going on here? Because really, Jesus had the urge and the desire for food. Is that wrong? It said he'd been, he'd been fasting for 40 days like the guy's hungry. It's a natural urge. Like, what's the big deal? Like, why is it a big deal that Jesus would turn the stones into bread? He had the power to do it anyways. And here's why. Because if Jesus would have used his power to provide the bread for himself, he would have been declaring, God, I don't believe that you're enough. And I don't trust that you are good. Because in that moment, as he was hungry, uh, Jesus was living inside of his humanity. He was fully God and fully man. And instead of using the power that he had as God to turn the stones into bread, he was needing to rely on God just like he asked you and I to do. And what Satan was tempted with is just like, man, it's not that big of a deal. You've got a natural urge to eat. Just turn the stones into bread. Temptation's hard to see in the moment. Because when, when you see that, when you hear that, it, it would have been easy for me. I, I'm thinking, putting myself in Jesus' shoes, like, I guess it's not that big of a deal. I guess I can. Here's, here's something that I thought of. Wouldn't it be a lot easier uh, if, if every temptation came like the two little, like the devil on your shoulder and little angels. You guys know what I'm talking about? Who, you got any Emperor's New Groove fans in here? Yes, me too. It still is one of my favorites. I remember the first time I watched it, uh, my dad was like, let's just watch it again because it was that great. Anyways, do y'all remember that scene? Do y'all remember the scene where it's like the little like angel guy pops up and the little devil guy and he's like, oh, I don't know what I should. Then this guy's like, hey, I'm gonna lead you down the path of righteousness. And the little devil guy's like, I'm gonna lead you down the path that rocks. Y'all remember that? Yeah, I, sometimes I think that would be a lot easier. Like, it wouldn't be so hard to fall in temptation if we just knew right now what's happening is the little devil guy, like the bad guy, is the guy that I'm listening to. The problem is it's actually not that easy. It's not that easy. It, 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 it like, comes in like little subtle lies. It, it usually comes by telling you or convincing you that something uh, that looks good is going, to, is going to continue to lead to good. Like, man... This isn't just going to be that big. I mean, it's just one time, right? Like weed isn't that big of a deal, like one time. 
or like, I'll just have one beer. Like it always comes, it's just, it's small. It's hard to tell what's happening in the moment. Temptation is hard to see in the moment. Here's, and so it's temptation, if it is the urge to do anything outside of God's will, here's what temptation is not. Because I, what I don't want you guys to walk away is just thinking every time that I think about something I shouldn't do, I'm, I'm in sin. Temptation itself is not sin. Temptation itself is not sin. You see, when Jesus was being tempted, when, when he was, uh, when Satan was looking at him like, hey, use, like, fulfill your appetite outside of God's will or God's way, he wasn't in sin at that moment. In fact, uh, we can see this. Hebrews 4.15 says this, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. It's not a sin to have a desire or an urge to do something contrary to God's will. Sin occurs when we put action to it. When we put action to it. Like for me, it's a like, hey, I'm just scrolling through Instagram and is it that, is that time I'm hoping I find a bikini pic? Or will I put my phone down? And when I, as soon as I have that thought, will I put my phone down? Because it's not the temptation that is the sin, but it's when I decide like I'm going to act on it that it becomes sin. And so what did that look like for me? Or what has that looked like in my life? I wasn't kidding when I told you that I, I rode bulls for a living. That's what I did. And so what that looked like is every single weekend I was in a new city. In my, the way that I, the, the sin that I chose and the, and the things that like I wanted and the appetite I wanted to fulfill was my desire for sex in affirmation found in relationships with women. And so here I am in a new city every single weekend, okay? Have you guys ever heard of cleat chasers? We call that something different in the rodeo world. We call them buckle bunnies, okay? And so there's these girls that show up to the rodeo and all they want is to hang out with the cowboys that are cool with the buckle bunnies. And here's what that looked like. I mean, you laugh, but the, the temptation I had or the desire that I had to satisfy my, the sex the, all, and um, just affirmation from women, it looked like every time that I went, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll just find someone new, you know? Every town was a new relationship or a new girl, maybe not even just a relationship, maybe just one night. I had bought the lie that it would bring me life. And ultimately, what it did is it led to broken relationships and a lot of heartache. Especially heartache when I had to sit down and tell my wife about all of those times. And all the little like lies, long time, all the little temptation, like, it's just gonna be fun this one time. It's not that big of a deal. I had bought in and it cost me a lot and it left all kinds of heartache and scars in my life that I've had to continue to work through. So even though sex is a God-given desire, it chose to fulfill it in a way that is outside God's will. So just wanna recap this for you. If you're one of those note takers, I kinda am. And so as I was writing this, I'm gonna make it easy for you guys. Here's a recap. Here's what we've learned about temptation is that it's an urge to do anything outside of God's will. It's hard to see and it's not a sin unless we act on it. And so my uh, second point for tonight is this is the question I want to answer is what fuels temptation? Like what is it that's behind temptation? Is it just come from nowhere? What is it that fuels it? How do we get to temptation to begin with? And it's a lie. Every single temptation that you and I face behind it 
is a lie. There's a lie there that we are tempted to believe. The lie that Satan wants you to believe ultimately is that God is not good, that he's trying to rip you off. That he doesn't want what's good for you. He's just a cosmic killjoy that's looking at you and telling you, hey, don't do all the things you do want to do and do all the things you don't want to do. That's what Satan's trying to convince us of. And if he gets us to believe that, he, he really, he's got you. Because then there's no reason that we would follow God's way if we don't believe that God is good. And here's why I think it's easy also to believe that lie is because not only does Satan tempt us, but like our own desires are contrary and contradiction to God's word and to God's way. Like the things that just our own hearts want, my own heart wants. Like I don't naturally go like, yes, I'm, I, you know what I wanna do inside a conflict? I wanna like lean in. You know what, this person hurt me. I should probably go tell them about it. No, I just kinda wanna give them the finger and walk away. That's what I wanna do. Like we don't naturally head towards God's way. I don't naturally. James 1.14 says this. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. See, Satan isn't alone in the temptation and fueling them. He isn't the only one behind the lies that's fueling all the temptation. Often we fuel them ourselves. And here's the thing. These lies that you and I face every single day, I, I wanna show you inside this text how we see that Jesus fought and how he had every single one of them, or there's some that are really similar that he had, that you and I have every single day. Because Satan, what he's doing is he was presenting a lie, he was asking Jesus to step into and feed the appetite of his, and feed his appetite, feed his desire for approval, and then ultimately authority. Here's how, when he says, hey, Jesus, you're hungry, why don't you just make, your, make these stones into bread? What he's ultimately saying is that God doesn't care about you, Jesus. He wants you to be hungry. So just, you have the power to turn the rocks into bread. He's appealing to his appetite. Do any of you have appetites that sometime pull you away from God's way? He tempts him to, to live for the approval of men. He says, hey, Jesus, I'm gonna take you to the top of this temple. You should throw yourself down and, and, and you won't get hurt. And because you won't get hurt, then everyone's going to approve you. You're gonna, immediately people are gonna believe in you because you did this. Are any of you ever tempted to live for the approval of others and not for God? And then we see he appeals to authority that, Jesus, you can have all the authority that you want. Like, I'll give you all of the nations of the world. It says that he, he showed them all the nations of the world and said, I can make you the authority of them today if you will just bow down to me. You can, you can pass the shortcut, like the shortcut of go, not having to go to the cross, all the pain that's coming, you can bypass that if you will just bow to me. It's a lie. Do you see the lie that's fueling temptation? Jesus did. And he wasn't fooled. But here's the ways in the way I think that we are fueling our own temptation. Like I think it'd be really hard, or I think it's hard for me, that it's hard to fight the lie that m more money equals more happiness while I'm like scrolling on Instagram, watching all of my friends on awesome vacations, driving nice cars while listening to like, Cardi B talking about like all the diamonds on her necks and all she wants is checks, you know? <laughs> like, I, I don't, like, I don't know how we're going to fight that. If that's what I'm like feeding myself is, is I'm fueling my own temptation. I'm like, I'm taking lies and I'm just injecting them into my mind. 
Because I'm, I'm looking at what everyone else has, and of course it makes me want, I, I want what they've got. And then, and then what I'm listening to, what I'm believing, I'm feeding, I'm fueling the own lies that are leading me into temptation. Like, how about this one? I don't know how we expect to resist temptation when the people that we call friends promote the lies that fuel our temptation. How many of you have heard this? It's not that big of a deal. We're just having fun. I mean, God doesn't expect us to be perfect anyway. We're, are, we ourselves are fueling some of the temptation that's causing all the hurt and heartache in our life. Stop that. I need to stop that. Like, look at yourself and just go, man, where, what are these? Because we can't just look at Satan and believe that he's the only one doing this and begin to understand that we, too, are feeding ourselves lie. I remember the people that I called friends making fun of me after I had trusted Christ and my life had changed, making fun of me for not sleeping with the girl. They're like, bro, like, well, you don't have to like, have sex with her. You can just like, mess around a little bit. And they were feeding the lie that disobeying God, that going outside of God's way was just not that big of a deal. And what that looked like for me is I had to change my circle of friends. Like I just got to a point where I said, man, I, I can't continue to do this because you guys are fueling lies that are leading me into temptation that often is leading me into sin, which ultimately hurts and causes heartache in my life. If we're ever going to beat temptation, we need to know and remove all that we can that is fueling it. Do you guys know what a, I wrote this down, actually. Do you guys know what a fire line is? Anyone know what a fire line is? A fire line is when uh, there's a big wildfire happening. All the firefighters get together. They pick like this strip of land where the, fi where the fire is headed, and they rip out all of the trees and all the brush. They chainsaws, axe. They like get earth movers, and they remove anything that can fuel the fire anymore so that when the fire gets there, it chokes itself out because there's nothing to burn on. There's no fuel there. And so while Satan tempts us and while he hates us and he's never going to stop feeding us lies, man, don't you think that at least we can stop feeding ourselves the lies that are leading us to temptation and then leading us to sin? And so as a recap for this one, what is it that fuels temptation? Lies from Satan and lies from our own desires. Now, my third and final observation that we make from watching Jesus face temptation is this. It's the question of what beats temptation? What beats temptation? And it's this. It's rejecting the lie and accepting truth. Reject the lie and accept truth. How did, how did Jesus do this? Every time Satan tempted him, he said this. It's a very simple line. He says, it is written. He went to God's word. He would identify the lie behind the temptation, turn to God's word, God's word and accept the truth found there. John 8, 31 says this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Lies fuel temptation, truth exposes lie and it gives us the ability to beat temptation. We're never going to have the ability to beat temptation if we don't know the truth behind it, if we're not able to identify it. And so 
for you and I, and the way that this looks is that we, how, how do we follow Jesus' temptation? How do, we, how do we beat the temptation in our life? And what are the things that you and I can do to be able to identify the lie and then fight it with truth? Is we've got to know truth. We've got to know truth. Like, and we've got to know God's word. We've got to know what God's word says about the lies that we are believing. Like how do we keep making, or how do we stop buying the lies that are causing us to hurt ourselves and others? How do we keep ourselves from not making the same mistakes over and over again? How long will it be before you actually stop looking at porn and doing the things you don't want to do is you reject the lie, you accept the truth. Here's here's what I want you to do. This has been really helpful for me. I want you, whatever piece of paper you have, I want you to make just a T chart. Can you do that? Make a T chart on a little piece of paper, whatever you've got, make a T chart. I I want on one side, I want one side to say, Lies that I believe. And then on the other, the truth that combats them. The truth that combats them. I want you guys, it's going to be really important for you to know what are the lies I'm tempted to believe. Like what are the things, what are the little things that are, that are being fed to me or I'm feeding myself that I want to believe. And then take the time, like spend time in God's word knowing it, understanding what it has to say directly to that lie. And then show your friends, like bring people in, let them know, hey, here's the things that, I'm, that I want to believe that are easy for me to believe, and then here's what I know that God's word has to say about it. And then you can't just like know truth, friends. We need to accept it. Like we need to actually accept it. It's not just one thing to know the truth, but you've got to accept it and believe that it is true. So reject the lie, accept the truth, and then invite truth in. We have to love and truth and be relentless about knowing and walking in it. And so this is how we do this, is we confess. If you have people in your life that are also wanting to pursue God and wanting to turn away from all the things that are going to be hurtful that our temptation leads us to, you get in, in, in that community and you just, as you run into life and as temptation hits you, you begin to confess it at a thought level. Here's what this looks like. Here's what this has looked like in my life. There are men in the room that have got this text from me before. Hey guys, I'm tired. I'm headed home, no one else is home, and I'm going to be tempted to believe that turning to porn is going to actually satisfy me. Will you guys check in with me? Will you guys, will you guys ask me about it? Will you ask me about it tomorrow? Will you check in tonight? Maybe, will you come over? You invite truth in. Temptation is not a sin, but we need friends to help us identify lies, and then we confess failure. Friends, Jesus is the only one that's perfect when it comes to fighting temptation. So there's going to be times in our life that there's failure. But don't sit in it. Like, let's not sit in it. When we sit in it, it almost like gives it more power. I don't want to tell people, but let's drag it into the light. And to tell those in our life that we love and that love us and just go, here it is. Here's what I did. Here's the lie that I bought. Here's what I did. Help me. Help me remind my heart of what God's word has to say and where life is truly found. So we invite truth in by confessing temptation at a thought level and then confessing failure. So in, uh, in summary, you can write this down, three things. Temptation is an urge to do anything outside of God's will. There's a lie behind every temptation and you combat temptation with God's word. Here's what I want want us all to like walk out of here in this room knowing and understanding and believing. 
is that Jesus, he is the solution to temptation. Like, he is the solution. He's the only person that's ever been undefeated. And before you, like, roll your eyes, be like, yeah, yeah, that's because it's just Jesus. Like, you know, it'd be nice to be the son of God as I'm walking into this temptation. Here's what I want you to think about. If Jesus had given in to that temptation, if Jesus had bought that lie, if he hadn't rejected that lie and accepted the truth, like, no, I'm going to follow God's way, then he wouldn't have been able to be our perfect savior. Like the perfect sacrifices he hung on a cross paying the penalty for our sin wouldn't have been enough. Because he no longer would have been perfect. You see, what was at stake in Jesus uh, resisting temptation had everything to do with not just him believing in God, but also because he loves you and he loves me. See, when Jesus rejected temptation, when he resisted that, what it meant is that he had to go to the cross. Like he didn't just get authority immediately. He had to go to the cross where on a cross he hung, paying the penalty for the sin that you and I have committed and rose again three days later. You see, every time that Jesus resisted temptation, he paid the penalty for when you and I didn't. Because God's word says that if you and I believe, if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that he really is enough, that I don't have to continue living this way. Jesus, I believe that you are enough. It says we will be saved. Yes, for all of eternity, but also says that he will send the Holy Spirit to live inside of us that will help enable us to reject the lies and reject the temptations we're tempted to believe. So you see, every time that Jesus was mocked, every time that he was whipped, every second that he hung on the cross, he was resisting the temptation to not make it all end right there because he could have, but he didn't for you and for me. He resisted for us so that today, you and I, we can resist. And that by grace, through faith, we can be saved from the punishment from the sins that we deserve. We pray for us. Father, thank you for how big you are. Thanks for how good you are and the fact that you really are for our greatest good. Father, I just ask that you open the eyes of our hearts just to recognize that. To recognize that we often want to believe that we, we can, we've got it figured out, that we should be the God of our own lives. And for every time that temptation hits us and we, and we look at something, we choose ultimately to go a way different than yours. That we choose something opposite of what you would want from us, Father. That you aren't looking at us, you're not mad at us, but you love us. And pray for all of my sins, or all of my friends in the room tonight, Father, that I don't know what they're walking in with, what's, what's going on inside of their hearts, Father, but uh, if, if there's anything there, Father, where they're feeling shame about the choices that they've made or the things that they've done, that they would look to you. They would look to you to be the one that heals them from that, that brings them in and says, I love you. It's okay, I know there is a better way. Thank you for Jesus and the example that he is in our lives. 
We love you lots. Amen, I pray. Amen.